Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, I uh, I got to admit, today is always one of the Saturdays, more depressing days of the year for me because uh, we spend all you know winter long watching these draft prospects and then... Over two or three days, the draft is over, and now we've got a month, you know, a couple month long wait until football starts back up. But how are you doing today, buddy? Good, but let's let's be clear. That's not always the reason. Just the only reason that you're usually depressed this time of yeah, year. Yeah, that normally <laughs> factors into it, right? The, the, what the Cowboys typically do in this weekend normally factors into my depression. But <laughs> okay, yeah, but yeah, I now agree. it's just like now it's just like oh, now I gotta wait all this time to see if these guys at the Cowboys draft. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's kind of it's, so it's it's the shape of it's changed just a little bit, but sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is certainly uh, a lull. You know, a, a, a depression that happens after all this. You put in all this time looking at these yeah. guys. You, uh, you know, you, you dig in deep. You know, and, and I think a lot of that feeds into the normal sense of, uh, of you know, uh, of depression over maybe when when the guys that you that you like didn't get picked. Right? Is that yeah, it's it's that you spent all this time and, and you were you got your hopes up. And then on top of that, now you've got to sit with, you know, examining these guys for months on end while there's no yeah. football. And it's kind of like constantly. I mean, I remember the year that Taco got drafted, having to slug through Michigan tape watching Taco and just mm. being and just getting madder and madder about it. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, maybe maybe it's it's kind of taken a different shape this year where now we're watching all these guys and we're like, oh, What's this going to be like? I, I can't wait till they get in with they get in to mix it up with other guys and see what you know uh, an eye looks like against Tyron Smith and you know uh, uh, Reggie Robinson versus uh, uh, C.D. Lamb and so I, I sure. you know it's 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 it just takes a different shape and 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 now it's maybe a, a little bit more lighthearted sort of kind of de- <laughs> depression in, yeah. in the deep yeah. uh, deep ocean of nothing. Uh, yeah, the next couple of months are going to be uh, a little slow, but we're going to do our best here in the Locked On Cowboys podcast to help you get through it. Um, so today we're going to talk about the Cowboys 2020 draft class. And Landon, if I didn't know any better, better I would say that Will McClay was a daily listener to our Locked On Cowboys podcast. Daily! It, a daily listener, because it appeared every time that we got up on the board, uh, the Cowboys made a pick that we talked about at length on this podcast uh, typically, it was a pet cat every single round, uh, so it, it was a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and start with yep. C.D. Lamb. Uh, we did a full podcast on C.D. Lamb uh, the Thursday night after the draft, but we'll touch on him again. Uh, kind of a week, or no, not a week, a couple days removed from the <laughs> Lamb pick. I know, it feels like a week, but yeah, right? a, a few days removed from the Lamb pick. How are you feeling about that selection? It's it's. It's funny, and, and you know, I watched. I'm sure, like a lot of us, watched the the Dallas Cowboys one to five three feed uh, a lot, and uh, and you forget, you know, and every once in a while, like uh, uh, somebody would get drafted by a different team, or someone else would make a pick that you of someone we wanted. I can't really think of someone specific right now, but 
you know, and then you get, oh, I like that guy. And then suddenly it'd be like, but we got CD Lamb still. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. it's so crazy. It's it's still like just this level of elation. I cannot wait to see, you know, one of the most exciting statements I've heard in the last 24 hours is uh, Mike McCarthy talking about how Kellen Moore has already started drawing up plays for him. And it's like, oh, I can't wait to see what this offense yeah. looks like. I, I'm can't wait. too stoked. So, you know, it's. It's just this kind of like constant reminder of oh my gosh I can't believe uh, I, 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 Tony uh, uh, I can't remember, oh my gosh I can't believe I forgot his last name again he was he tweeted at me about he lives in Phoenix and he said that like he was just driving around town and I think he has a cowboy sticker on the uh, on the back of his car <laughs> and he said some dude just pulled up on the highway next to him and screamed we got CD Lamb <laughs> like <laughs> it was just like that's that's the level of like kind of just universal glee that Cowboys fans are feeling right now it's it's pretty amazing yeah it's been a while since we've had that you know that selection where it kind of unifies the the fan base I I honestly I I have not seen a single Cowboy fan that's been upset with a pick and I think when you go back and you look at the draft afterwards and again this is really easy to do in hindsight but during the draft uh, you could have said, well, maybe the Cowboys could have picked a corner in the first round and then have it have a receiver fall to them in the second round. I just want to point out that I think the Cowboys did this sequencing perfectly. We talked about during this whole draft process about you know, how this is a deep wide receiver class and maybe the guys that follow you at 51 and 82 are going to be really good. I want to read you, Landon, all the names, all the receivers that went before the Cowboys pick at 51. Uh, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, obviously. And then there was a run of receivers between Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, K.J. Hamler, Chase Claypool. We were thinking four or five of those guys would be there at eighty or at 51. Turns out none of them were. So if the Cowboys opted to go that way in the draft, it, it would not have played out well for them. So kudos to the Cowboys for, for knowing that the receiver run was probably going to happen uh, before they were going to pick in the second round. And they just went out and got one of the the, the best receiver in the class, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on that sequencing there? Well, i got to say two things. Two, one, first of all, to credit, it was Tony Thompson who gave me that story. And make sure you give him a follow. He's yep. a great follow. At No Huddle. Uh, and the second thing is that a very curious thing, and, and this is kind of about the next pick, but I think along the, the conversation of sequencing, a very curious thing that uh, I think that was brought up uh, during the post-conference, uh, post, post-draft press conference, for the second day, uh, when they were talking about Trayvon Diggs, uh, Jerry specifically pointed out that he said that there was a 1% chance, that his, that he was told by his team that there was a 1% chance mm-hmm. uh, that, that that Diggs falls to them at 51. I, I, I don't think that that was some offhand, like, uh, no, nope. I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is they are leaning heavily on analytics at this point, I think yeah. when it comes to pick sequencing and understanding how to get what they want out of the draft and, and, and ordering and, and how the, the the taking consensus boards and that sort of thing, I, I think that because of that, they got a a little. I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of uh, analysis after the draft about, and I understand it, and I'm 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 glad to see you refraining from it to a certain degree. I, I think there's been a lot of like people just coming in here and, and bashing, saying, "Well, this was Garrett. That, that, that this is this in the way." And I don't think it was necessarily Garrett in the way. I just think that Mike McCarthy has embraced analytics, yeah, uh, and I think that that's helped the Cowboys 
further embrace their analytic department, which has mm-hmm. been in place for a while. I, I, at least I know on this part of the this uh, aspect of analytics, they've had inf- this information for a while. I think that this is about them further leaning into that, listening to their analytic teams more, expanding it maybe in ways that we're not a- aware of, uh, and that gave them the edge to know, okay, we have these players we'd like, this is what we'd like to get accomplished What's the best way to get best value at each one of these picks and come away with this, this, and that? And then something like CD Lamb, you know, it just fell into their lap. And 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 I think even further, the analytics people would have told them, "Hey, this is too much value for you to pass. We have ways to get what you want a little bit further down the board. Right. The green light on this all the way." Do you think it's also a coincidence that they they did very well in comparison to the pro football focus draft board? Uh, our no. buddy Rabble Rouser and I were talking about it. We don't think it's a coincidence. Do you? No, absolutely not. I mean, I think that you know, we talked. Mike McCarthy spent what is it a week there? You know, and I, mm-hmm. it's clearly very, very uh, 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 a big believer in a lot of what they do. Um, I I have no doubts that that they used a lot of the kind of secret sauce that PFF produces for teams. You know, not, not necessarily just grades. And, and I think that's the thing that we need to remember is that you know we kind of in the public see just a snippet of of uh, of what PFF does. And 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 you yeah, know we yeah. as commenta- commentators we we you know maybe talk about the grades and say say the things about the grades and how we feel about them. I, I certainly feel a certain way about the grades. But one thing I, I love that they do is the kind of specific stats that they come up with, the information that they are able to glean from uh, from that sort of thing. I think that they lean heavily on that stuff. And I think that's why, you know, when, yeah, that, that they compared to the PFF board, they did very, very well because uh, they weren't afraid to take advantage of the kind of, uh, you know, filtering and, and data creation that PFF does that really helps you kind of parse what's important uh, and in what's measurable on what right. these players do on the field. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I do think the Cowboys, uh, they don't draft like necessarily have pro football focuses board, but I do think they have a tendency to like the same players. And I think that's an interesting that we need, thing that we need to follow uh, in the next couple of years. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Cowboys' second-round pick in cornerback Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, early in the draft process, 
Uh, we thought that Trayvon Diggs could be an option for the Cowboys at 17 if they got wiped out. Potentially a uh, tradeback candidate in our Locked On uh, you know, podcast mock draft. Uh, we dropped back to pick 33 and took Trayvon Diggs. Um, but I don't think there was any scenario in which we thought he was going to be at 51. But behold, here, I mean, he, he ends up becoming the pick there. And uh, I, I can't be more excited about that. As much as I love C.D. Lamb at 17, getting a corner like Trayvon Diggs at 51 might be even the better selection. What did you think about that pick by the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, getting Diggs at, at 51 made the Lamb pick an absolute home run. Because yes, yes. because you the risk that you were taking at seventeen by taking Lamb is okay. Well, we really set we're not our, gonna be able to cover anybody. <laughs> we really set ourselves up to take a cornerback here, or or, yeah. or or you know, or a defensive player of some sort that could at least mitigate the issue at corner. Uh, and I, I think that they're like, well, Lamb is too good. The value is too good. We have to take it. Uh, and we talked about it that you know this time last year, you know this time what like at the end of the pick that when when Lamb got selected, Diggs was certainly in the in the realm of possibility, but the way that the board fell, not just the way that Lamb fell to them, but the way that the board fell overall was so good for setting us up in the second the second round. That by the time that the first round was over, you know mm-hmm. we were we were looking at all those names and we we're like, all these guys are still available. There's 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 what was it? I think it was a list that we had eight names. Uh, we had eight oh, guys, yeah. eight eight or nine names that we were like, these will be home run picks at fifty one, and we're only you know ten or eleven picks out. So uh, or I think it was like we were fifty one and you know so eight, eight, 19 picks or whatever eighteen picks yeah so I, I and and we knew that going you know the early part of the round was gonna they're gonna hit running back heavily some of these wide receivers were gonna come off the board so we we felt confident that that one of these guys would come in but I think even then the home run pick out of those eight and not so much that he was the best player out of that eight but he was the perfect mixture of what we needed, what the what the scheme was going to be, and, and the talent level. I think the, the the perfect nexus of all of that was Trayvon Diggs, and the fact that he made it all the way to fifty one. They didn't have to trade up to get him. They didn't have to uh, 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 you know waste any more resources. He fell right mm-hmm. into their laps because they were patient. Uh, it just it, it supercharged that first round pick because it okay good we got we got the guy that we kind of hoped. The, the kind of guy that we thought we were going to have to pick at 17, at 51, right. and right. it really covered our ass for, 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 for taking CeeDee Lamb at 17. Yeah, let's just put this a little bit in perspective. Both you and I like Trayvon Diggs better than A.J. Terrell when we watched mm-hmm. the tape. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it was really I don't even think it's close. close no, actually not. Um, and A.J. Terrell went at 16, yeah. and Trayvon Diggs went at 51. AJ now, I don't Terrell, know how much of like they. AJ Terrell going at sixteen is like such a double whammy of good. Yeah, like I mean the fact that like a triple whammy really because we could have just taken Clavon Chase on if we had wanted to. Like it, it, yeah. that was such a great person, like a, a stroke of luck because it took a quarterback we didn't really we didn't personally didn't want off the board and it, yeah. it, it took Lamb to there. So yeah, I mean that I think helped facilitate both of those the the Lamb pick and the fact that Diggs was able to fall all the way to us. It also helped that teams like the Raiders took Damon Arnett at, you know, 19. Uh, that was a team that certainly could have, you know, taken somebody like Trevon Diggs 
And then from that point, uh, there was not another cornerback drafted until the Cowboys picked at 51. So just a lot of luck there uh, for the Cowboys, you know, uh, getting Travon Diggs at 51. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the third round. Uh, that was the one spot where there really wasn't a single player that I was hoping for at that spot. Uh, you know, I, I wanted Reggie Robinson maybe there a little bit. I was hoping Zach Bond would fall. Uh, he didn't. He went to the, the Saints at pick 74. So I was just open to the Cowboys taking the best player available. And they took defensive tackle Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. Uh, I saw him at the Senior Bowl week. I, I thought he was fantastic there. Um, you can see some of the athletic limitations uh, at the Combine. Just not a super flexible player, but super athletic, a high motor. What did you think of the pick? You know, at, at the time, I was kind of meh about it because I was I liked you know some of the other people that were available there more. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the, 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 at eighty two, I mean, that's the thing is that, and I think a lot of people took it as uh, you know at the time when I reacted to it as I didn't like the pick. It's it's that's not it at all. They got they were going to get value. I mean, you could tell once they got to eighty two, they were going to get great value. Like yeah, it was yeah. that was, and Gallimore was included in, in that group of getting great value at eighty two. I like had a couple other guys we like, right? We yeah. wanted Burgess was kind of the guy that we yeah liked absolutely spot, so. yeah, and and, yeah. Th- and that's and that's fine, you know. Like I think that they, uh, you know, and he went just a little bit after that. We really had our hearts set on Burgess, and you know, again, the I'm I'm just glad they didn't take someone I I didn't I, that I did like. You know, it's not that yeah, I didn't like. Yeah. It's not that I didn't like Gallimore. It's just that he was probably my third or fourth choice there. I was being spoiled. So my, my sure. thoughts, my yeah. thoughts on Gallimore is, you know, I think he's. We've all kind of universally see the same thing. Explosive gets through the gap. I, I think he's going to disrupt. I think he's going to cause hurries. I worry about his ability to finish in the backfield because of his lack of ability to stop. You know, I mean, that's really this issue is that he gets through the gap and through the line and then he doesn't have the ability with that explosion to suddenly change mm-hmm. direction in order to, you know, uh, uh, like once a quarterback makes a move, it's it's kind of over. Like he, he's got to gather yeah, himself yeah. And, and, and try to move. It's like a battleship in some ways, right? It's like trying to move around like that. Now, he's got incredible hustle. He will run all over the field. Like he will chase down a play. If it gets past him, he will chase it down, you know, from behind the line of scrimmage and and, and you know, he's coming. I, I think I think frankly, Marinelli would have loved this guy just because of how much he just runs the football all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um I, I think if he can learn to get a little bit more flexible, uh learn to like drop his weight because he does play a little bit high at times as well. If he can learn a little bit of lower body flexibility, get him, maybe get him some yoga or something, I don't know. Uh sure. I, I think you could really uh get a great uh penetrating uh, under tackle out of this guy. I think immediately though, uh he will create some uh, disruption as a pass rusher just at least flush him out to somebody else maybe get him get get the quarterback. Uh, and he, I think he will serve as a very good run player immediately because I think he is strong. He will disrupt the the, the run scheme by getting through the line quickly, uh, and I think that will help uh, things a little bit on the second level. If nothing else, this is a it's going to be a fun little battle between Tristan Hill and Gallimore for you know backup snaps behind uh, Gerald McCoy. So uh, Hill's actually a little bit younger than Gallimore yep. still. 
Uh, but it's going to, again... There's talent now. To, you know, I mean, like, right. I, mean, I, mean, I think even with Hill, Gallimore's more experienced, so I think Hill and Gallimore actually are probably at similar points in their career, right? Like, so... Yeah, well, you, they're going to have to earn those snaps. Yeah. That, that's the thing is nobody's going to be given snaps behind Gerald McCoy. Uh, so if you want to play 20, you know, snaps a game, you're going to have to earn them in training camp and in practice. So I, I think that's a spot, and I've always said this, offensive line, defensive line... I never, ever have problems throwing more resources into that position because it's so hard to find contributors there, good, solid contributors that you can just can every year you can throw picks into that position uh, and it'll turn out okay. Um, let's take another quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Cowboys picks on day three. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, entering day three of the draft, uh, my expectations were about as low as they could get because I was already... Uh, floating after the first three picks for the Cowboys. Uh, I thought for sure in the fourth round, that's when they were going to grab, you know, James Morgan, the cornerback from Florida International, who has been kind of rumored to be, you know, a potential spot. I was thinking maybe a linebacker, but no, that's not what the Cowboys did. They went out and got maybe my favorite player in the draft, my pet cat, Reggie Robinson II from Tulsa, uh, a guy that we spent a lot of time talking about on this podcast, considering he was a, uh, not a, you know he was picked after the top 100 selections, uh, but man, I am happy about that. Six one two oh five, uh, an elite athlete tested in the 92 percentile in Spark. Uh, you can watch him against big time competition such as uh, Oklahoma State and Michigan State, and he certainly holds his own. What did you think about the pick? Yeah, I mean you covered it. We love him. I think he's got all the tools. He's an ascending player. Uh, I, I think he kind of, you know, it's all different to people say that he maybe is the most improved player in the nation uh, from his previous season to this season. And that that's pretty high praise to show you, you know, kind of where he started and how he's ascending. So uh, I, I think, you know, I love this tape. I love his demeanor. I think he's, uh, people are coming in here saying uh, that he's going to be a better corner than Trevon Diggs in three years. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I really like Robinson, but I think people are underselling how much upside Trayvon Diggs has actually. Uh, oh, yeah, but yeah. I think that Robinson, without a doubt, uh, will be a, a heavy contributor on this team, if not a starter next year and definitely yeah. in two years. You know, so uh, I think he'll he's you're going to see him this year. He's going to play snaps. He'll play special teams. I guarantee mm-hmm. you he's going to get into a game at some point and, and um, pro- he might do something and it may be good or bad. But I think that, you know, by next year, he's going to be mixing it up. into He's going to be uh, uh, someone that's going to be 
in the mix to start, uh, if not uh, play a, a nickel or dime role. And, and by two years from now, I wouldn't be surprised if Diggs and Robinson are your starting corners. Now, uh, imagine that this works out for Dallas, that Diggs and Robinson both become players. All of a sudden, now you don't have a cornerback need entering the 2021 offseason, right? Yep. If Awuzie and Lewis leave, and I kind of expect both will, you can go ahead with Robinson Diggs on the outside with Anthony Brown in the slot, maybe try to bring in you know a, another corner, but it's no longer a need where you have to spend top-end picks or money to, to, to improve that spot. So uh, I thought the Cowboys did an excellent job revamping their cornerback room without having to spend a first-round pick. Uh, well done by Dallas there. I, you guys are going to love Reggie Robinson. He is so physical. He's probably going to get called for a ton of penalties in training camp and preseason. I don't care. He, he's gonna. He'll find a way to to make an impact. He's well, a, he's a fun player. Real quick too, and I, I think the really important thing is that they got two you know boundary guys. They think they got yeah. two guys who are probably exclusively outside guys because everyone that they've got now are you know all have the ability to play inside. So so yeah. like take advantage of that. You've got enough bodies, uh, certainly enough people to play nickelback or cornerback or inside. Go and get you some more guys with some length. Go and get you some more guys who can handle the outside duties because the guys on the inside, you've got more than enough between cornerback and safety to do the job. Now, the Cowboys could have just ended the draft after those four picks, <laughs> and I would have given them A+. Plus. I really would have. I, I would yeah, have been thrilled. Honestly. If you leave the draft, if they had to trade all their picks up to go get Reggie Robinson, I would have been thrilled. Yep. But the draft didn't end there. The Cowboys found some more players in this draft. Uh, they traded up with the Eagles at the bottom of the fourth round. Uh, getting Wisconsin center Tyler Biadez. I want to make sure I pronounce it right. I think it's Biadez. Um, this is somebody who was talked about as a potential first-round pick in 2018. Uh, had a few injuries that kind of set him back. His play dropped off. Uh, but this is who a lot of people believe could be the eventual replacement for Travis Frederick. Maybe he's a backup this year. Maybe he, he spends a year, uh, you know, you know, on the, not on the active roster or anything like that, and you, you use Joey Looney up, and then he comes in in 2021. Uh, but this is a nice flyer from the Cowboys here. What do you think about this selection? First off, it's be a dish. It's be a dish. Yeah, okay. it's, which does is totally not what you would think based on how it's spelled. Be a okay, dish. I'm going to mess it up a million times. Yeah, and all, I listen. Still. Only reason I'm getting it right is I literally looked it up on, on Dane's Guide. Thank goodness Dane oh, yeah. has the be a has dish. The, be okay. a dish. So, uh, did you have you watched any of his 2018 tape yet? I have. Yep, I did it yesterday. His 2018 tape is is phenomenal. Like yeah. he yep. he. So I was I I had watched a little bit of this. Like when Tra- Travis got uh, when Travis retired, I started watching a little bit of interior offensive line, but not a ton. And I saw a little bit of this guy uh, because we have some uh, some Wisconsin some Wisconsin tape 2019, and. Uh, I didn't love him. I mean, I thought he was okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was, you know, uh, honestly, it's funny because I said, I tweeted this too. Uh, it, it, his, his tape a little bit looks like Travis Frederick to a certain degree where, and as 2018 tape certainly does. It certainly yeah. does. But his 2019 tape, I saw just even more the accentuated stuff that was, uh, that was issues that people have with Travis Frederick. Right, like, like as I was gonna say, I wrote down notes, and if you look at the notes and compare them to like what you might have wrote about Travis Frederick coming out of Wisconsin, they're very similar. Exactly, dude. I mean, he's he's big. He's a wide body center. 
um, which is, you know, you don't see a t- I mean, Travis Frederick's kind of rare in that way, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, because you need, especially in zone schemes, you need a guy who can who can move. And just like uh, just like Travis, uh, he this guy can move a little bit for being a big guy. If anything, you see him get to the second level a little too quickly, right? Like, I mean, he's he's mm. he, I, I I seen him like slip up to the second level a little too quickly. Now, much like Frederick, uh, which is an interesting thing that I was. It was odd to see Travis overcome it, and I, I guess I'm I'm kind of even more fascinated to see this guy overcome it. He has balance issues when he gets up there, and yep. and and you see him on the ground a lot more than I like offensive linemen to be on the ground. Um, and I think his 2018 t- tape is better. I think because of the in- I think there's something with the. Do you know what the in- injury was? Was it an ankle or a knee or something? Uh, he had a hip. He had hip surgery okay. after the 2018 season. He played all of 2018 with a hip issue. Okay, that 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 makes sense. So I think that you know it, it's like you see it a little bit, and I wonder if it accentuated his issues with balance. Probably, um, yeah. But but I think that yeah, he has. He gets there, man. He's got no problem getting there, and I love his demeanor. Like he is, he is a wanting to bury you type of player. Uh, but I don't think he's quite uh, as strong as Travis Frederick was. I don't think he's quite uh, as coordinated an athlete as Travis was. Uh, I, but I think that he has all of the kind of same makeup. Uh, he just he's just got a little bit further to go, right? So, yeah. uh, but I, I definitely see the the Travis Frederick comparison, and, and I and I went in ready to poo poo that, right? Ready, oh, he, okay, he's a different guy. He's you know, okay, I get it. he's a Wisconsin center, but yeah, I but yeah, I but, yeah. but you actually see it in his, in the tape, and, and there are a lot of comparisons. I just think he's a more of a Travis Frederick starter kit as opposed to the the guy that we got uh, with the you know the late round pick, late round first round pick. Yeah, I didn't think Dallas needed to spend a top 100 pick on an uh, interior offensive line because I want to see what yeah, exactly. Connor McGovern can do. I want to see what you know Connor Williams does if he's given a chance at center. But in the fifth round, or the bottom of the fourth round, really the top of the fifth round, yeah, give me a guy that was a unanimous first-team All-American in back-to-back years and has a lot of experience and comes from a, you know the Paul Chris program. Absolutely, I mean, that's a that's a really really fun pick. I don't expect him to to do much in 2020, but it's just another guy where you're improving the depth. And the Cowboys know how they want to win games in the NFL. They're going to win with their offense. They're going to win with their behemoth a behemoth offensive line. Uh, keep investing in that position. Smart smart pick by the Cowboys. Uh, moving on to the fifth round, uh, the Cowboys made uh, another very very valuable selection. And Bradley and I from Utah, the defensive end. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but I will defer to you and John Owning, who both liked him probably more than I did. Uh, very, very productive at uh, Utah over the last two years. He had eight sacks and 13 sacks. Uh, he was a consensus All-American last year. He led uh, the Pac-12 in sacks. Uh, team captain, just not overly athletic. Uh, but again, in the fifth round, taking somebody who produced that well in the in the Pac-12 uh, that's certainly intriguing to me. What did you think about the Anai selection? Yeah, I mean, I just view him as like, you know, a kind of a Curtis Weaver type player. I mean, he's just a guy who, despite uh, not having, you know, good, great physical attributes, is 
tough as nails, is really yeah. good at using his hands, understands how to rush the passer in a way that I think a lot of uh, of of players don't when they come out of college. Doesn't have a, a lot of great arm length, but but what he can do is he's got a great first step. He understands uh, power. He has good strength despite that. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have good speed. Like, you, you, you look at him, he's, he's, his 40 time was bad. Uh, you know, all those kind of things are not great. But he gets off mm. the ball quickly. He knows how to use uh, a variety of hand uh, hand techniques, uh, club, swipe. Uh, I, I've seen him use, like, a, a two-hand. Uh, he can even, despite his lack of length, he can even use a, a long arm, like, at times. So I, I, I like how developed he is and how tough he is. Uh, I think he uh, and he produced. I mean, look. I mean, again, we talk, we harp on it all the time, but we but we but sometimes when you see guys like this, you 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 try to you end up ignoring it, right? You because he. But the guy produced. I mean, he had he had twenty one sacks uh, in the Pac twelve the last two years. You know, I mean, he's yeah. he's got production. And this is the spot to draft them, right? Yeah, day totally. three is where you take the super productive guys that don't have the athleticism. Yeah, but. Uh, that's what I'm saying. This in the fifth round, just outstanding, outstanding value. Because, you know, if he gets to camp and he just doesn't have the athleticism or the strength to win, you cut him and it's not a big deal. But given how productive he is, I think there's a decent chance that he he makes some of those backup tackles look foolish in training camp and preseason. He's he's the the guys who make it like this are guys who are crazy. And uh, I yeah. mean, I mean, you know, just absolute nut jobs. Like to be six three and two sixty to want to go against a six five three fifty guy. Uh, yeah. and down, and down, you got to be a little bit crazy. You got to be tough as nails, and you got to be know. You got to know what you're doing. Uh, you know, he doesn't quite have the requisite athleticism to get drafted higher. If you know, if he was a, a an inch taller and and, and a tenth of a second faster, maybe he goes uh, two or three rounds ahead of him where he is. Sure. Uh, sure. But I, I mean, I'll take the guy who literally swims with sharks uh, to to go against you know an offensive tackle 40, 30, 40 snaps and just see what he can do. I just think that those guys. They they have they they hit on it on a on a rate just as equal as the non productive complete athletes. Athletic guys. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I, I think you should take the fifth round's perfect time to take a risk on, on a guy like this. I, I agree. Uh, lastly, the Cowboys with the seventh uh, or seventh round pick to pick two thirty one took quarterback Ben DiNucci from James Madison. Got to admit, I thought it was a made up name when the Cowboys drafted him. I thought they were pulling the wool over our face, but. Um, the old Madden create a player. Is that what this was? Madden create a player. Watched a little bit of his tape last night. It's not awful. Nope. It, it's certainly not bad. Uh, what did you think about this pick? I mean, again, like I, I, again, I feel like you. I didn't know who this guy was. Popped on a little bit of tape, uh, and, I, and I, I think the tape matches what kind of the PFF tape is, right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's seems to be have no problems throwing the ball down the field. Was a leader, a little bit sneaky, athletic. Uh, uh, got took his team all the way to the uh, to the finals in the in the what division two? I don't know what they the F F what do they call that? F- FC- FCS FCS yeah uh, yeah. It, so you know, and then lost to you know perennial champions South Dakota State so or North North Dakota State. Uh, 
Yeah, he played well in that game, though. Yeah, North Dakota State's a, just a monster in that conference. Yeah, I mean they've they're like you know they just win it every year. It just seems like so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just think that you know, and I guess obviously a, a, a clearly a Mike McCarthy pick, right? Because he uh, he uh, loved by PFF has a personal relationship with uh, Mike McCarthy's coach, uh, a brother uh, who was who was his coach, and you know a, a former Pitt guy. Who you know is mm-hmm. I think McCarthy's a, you know obviously a former Pitt guy. That's where he got his coaching start from Pittsburgh. So there's lots of connections there. But I think the more you kind of dug in on him, uh, the more he it looks like okay, this guy. I, I, I guess I see what I see what they're going with. Yeah. I understand why yeah. they're taking a flyer on this guy. Kind of can move in the pocket, can make some guys miss. Uh, he's super aggressive. I think that's the thing I liked about him is he's not afraid to try to make some tough throws, and uh, he's got the confidence that he can do it. So. Uh, that'll be a fun, just kind of you know storyline to pay attention to. You know, in training camp, is this somebody who could make the team as a third quarterback? Is he going to be on the practice squad? Uh, just you know, the Cowboys needed another another arm in camp. Uh, we'll see what Ben DiNucci does. Um, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tomorrow we will be back to do some UDFA signings. And man, if you like their draft class, you should love some of these UDF signings because the Cowboys basically got you know two or three guys that I thought should have been drafted. Uh, as free agent signings, as they always do. Uh, we'll break down some of those signings. Uh, make sure you guys follow the podcast at Locked on Cowboys. Subscribe, download, give us some five-star reviews. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show again at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.